Recorded live in the Phantasmo Lounge, high atop the Walter Paisley Building in beautiful Midtown Portsmouth, Virginia. It's Phantasmo After Dark with your host, Rob Floyd, and co-host, Phyllis Floyd. Tonight's topic, matinee. Hello, I'm Lawrence Woolsey. Lawrence Woolsey, the master of movie horror. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome back to the old podcast here. After about a week's break. Hey, Phyllis. Hey, Rob. Well, I think we're back on track in the right week now. <laughs> it should be. We are. We're still in the process of moving the lounge. It's been a very long process, but we're, we're getting there. <laughs> There's a light at the end of the tunnel now. And yes. You know, this may actually be the last podcast recorded in this location. Yes, I believe you are correct. And the next one may be recorded in the new lounge. Yep. I don't know if it'll be on time, but... <laughs> We're hoping so. <laughs> depends, on, depends on the ordeal of the relocation there. Yeah. We'll, we'll see how that goes. Things beyond our control, mostly, but we'll see. Yeah. Anyway. But we're here now, and we're talking about a movie that I, I've loved since the first time I saw it. Matinee. Great, great film. Pretty much Joe Dante's love letter to William Castle. And a little bit of Corman thrown in there. Yeah, absolutely. This movie is is really cool. Came out in 93. Uh, went under a lot of people's radar, I think. I didn't see it first run. I think I saw it later on VHS. Mm. And it takes place in... I kind of forget the exact date. I'm horrible with dates and history. But uh, during the Cuban Missile Crisis. Right. That like week of that that was going on mm-hmm. down in Florida. And it focuses mainly on this one kid, Gene, I think is his character's name. Right. And he's a big monster kid, monster fan, like like me. <laughs> like a lot of people that listen to this, hopefully. And he's uh, he's on a military base. He's a military brat, him and his little brother. Right. His mom, his dad has been deployed uh, because of the crisis that's going on. And he goes to school off base. Yes. Typical military kid, you know, has trouble making friends because he's not in town very long. He feels like the outsider. And also being a monster kid, that, you know, adds to it a little bit. But uh, there is a movie theater in town, which is the saving grace. Indeed. And And he loves it. Oh, yeah. He takes his little brother to see the movie, you know, movies all the time. And then I think, was there a trailer or preview on the screen of... The new Lawrence Woolsey film, Mant. Right. That's coming. And, uh, of course, Woolsey is William Castle, uh, played by John Goodman in this. Mm-hmm. And in addition to the movie coming, Lawrence Woolsey himself is going to be there for the opening to promote right. the movie. And the kid is just Overjoyed. starry-eyed, just yeah. taken away to meet one of his you know movie he, he heroes. He cannot wait. Yeah. And of course, there's also the little character bits with the other kids and... Him making friends with a couple of kids, and then the the girls, and it's kind of a little coming of age kind of movie too. In the same, yeah, yeah, at the same it's, time, it's a lot of things rolled into one, really. Yeah, but the star of the show is the tribute to William Castle. Absolutely, the whole thing. There's a great scene where the kid is coming out of a movie, and there's two guys protesting. The was it the protesting? But the, uh, there's something Nant. for film. God, I can't remember what they call them or organization. Something like for decency in film or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. 
So they're going through their whole spiel and passing out literature, protesting. Yeah, and the kids sit there listening to them, and all of a sudden, Lawrence Woolsey walks up yeah. and counters what they're saying and with a kind of a patriotic kind of speech about freedom of choice and movies and stuff. And he gives that free pass to the movies. And of course, come to find out, it was a setup, you know, because they yeah. did that a lot with movies. Which the the kid knew, Gene knew right away. Well, not right away, but he he knew he had seen those guys before. Well, he, so he, he went home and he drug out his copy of Famous Monsters magazine, and he found those guys. One and their of them, act, anyway. or yeah, at least yeah. one of them was and an actor in a previous. It film. was Dick Miller, yeah, Dick playing Miller, the character, course. and the other guy was John Sayles. Who has been in tons of stuff, but also he was like wrote The Howling. I think he was had a bit part in it and yeah. lots of movies. So he was like, "Ah, oh, I'm on to you now." Yeah, and he, he confronts Woolsey the next day. Not really confronts him. He wants to meet him, and he starts talking to him. And he mentions that it wasn't that such and such that guy. And Woolsey's like, "Hey, you got a sharp eye, kid." Yeah, yeah. and he just talks to him about the whole ballyhoo about it and how it's all part of the show, which is awesome. Yeah, and then he gets the kid. He says, what do you want? You want free passes? And the kid says, no, I want to help you. Yeah, he's like, I already got a free pass. I want to help. Yeah. So he lets the kid help him out, you know, put the show together at all. Yeah, and they show him, like, rigging the seats so that they can show the little electrical shock. Rumble, rama rumble rama that's right. Yeah. So he shows the kid how it's done and all that. It's it just, you know, if it's the kind of thing you dream about if you were that kid, you know, that age back yeah. then. Or now. Or now. I, I dream about it now. I would love to have been able to meet William Castle and help out and put together one of those shows. Yeah, I, I, oh, I would love God. to do it right now. Man. But, it, you know, it's a, it's a fun movie. It's a cute movie. It doesn't have some overly dramatic subplots or anything. And it doesn't really go off track of what it's trying to do and what it's supposed to be about well and you know and it doesn't but it it does touch on the things that you already said it gives you a a strong feeling of you know the the kid who doesn't really fit in because he's been bounced around so much which you know living in our area of course we understand that oh yeah everybody here is navy and then it gives you the sense of uh, you know, coming of age and yeah, the, the, trying to meet the girls. The, like, and, and having the first kiss and yeah, you know, that yeah. whole awkwardness. And that's, that's done really well. So it's got a lot of that in there, which is yeah. which is nice just because it, it gives you a good atmosphere, I guess. Yeah. It, it lends and to the film. You get the whole the film. sense of you know foreboding and everything. Right. Of the historical, you know... Yeah. time of when the Cuban Missile Crisis and living in that area and what everybody was feeling at that time. Yeah, which is actually really interesting because they use some of the footage from that time. I mean, they show this the Kennedy speech, speech on TV mm-hmm. and all that, yeah. A series of offensive missile sites is now in preparation on the island of Cuba. And uh, but yeah, it is. it was really kind of cool to see. Yeah. I mean, I I wasn't experiencing it then, but well, you weren't alive. <laughs> well, right, but I mean to, was to look I. back on it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just interesting, you know. And then to see the the crazy fire drills they made the kids do go run out oh, the, the atomic hallway. scare oh, drills. Oh my yeah. gosh! Like if the if the bomb is dropped, get in, you know, get in the hallway and put get on your hands and knees and, and put, put your, your head, head between, between your, knees. your hands. And, oh. Your hands over your head. Okay, people, duck and cover position. Hands behind the back of your neck. No talking to your neighbor. Everybody, heads down. Because that's gonna save yeah. you. <laughs> you put your hip between your knees so you can kiss your ass goodbye. Is yeah, what you that's do. what you're doing. 
Oh, one of, now one of the cool things was when he's watching, he's in the theater watching the movies, and it shows a preview for, or is it a preview, or is it the movie he's watching is called the, um, oh, what is it, the something shopping cart. Oh. <laughs> the reluctant shopping cart or something like that. Yeah, is that... Is that the uh, no? It's the one his mom tells him to take his brother to. Oh, okay. So the, the yeah. movies, so they and he's like, "No, I don't it. want to take him to that." They end up it walking wasn't a out. Movie. Yeah, they would because basically it's like a Disney comedy it is, from the sixties, just like a Disney comedy. But it's cool because uh, actually, that was the first screen appearance of Naomi Watts. Okay, she's the girl in that scene, and Archie Hahn. Yeah, you know from Phantom of Paradise right, and right. yeah, my favorite year and all that. He's the lead guy. He does the, the double take. Like this it's great. It's like about a talking, uh, well, not a talking, but a... Uh, Sentient. Yeah, a shopping, shopping cart that's inhabited by the spirit of her dead husband or dead brother or something like <laughs> so that. So weird. Like my mother, the car kind of yeah. thing. Well, that's the, that's the thing about this is you, not only do you get to see the movie matinee, you get to experience bits and pieces of other movies. Yeah. That one and also Mant. I feel I should warn you. The story of Matt is based on scientific fact, on theories that have appeared in national magazines. Well, yeah, Matt. You get Which to is see, the biggest piece. You get to see a really good portion of that, and it was fantastic. They really did parody the 50s atomic monster movies. Mant, of course, is the film that Woolsey is premiering yeah. at the theater, and they're, they're, uh, they show quite a bit of it. Yeah, Mant's kind of cool, because, of course, it's, it's a takeoff on them them mm-hmm. uh, but you know the font for the logo for mant is from the deadly mantis oh okay it's that it's that font mm-hmm. and of course it takes off on a, like the fly and you know a couple other ones but one of the cool things about that is they got william shallert is playing the scientist the doctor in it mm-hmm. who was in a few of those movies right and then there's one other guy who was i can't remember the actor's name but he was in some of those movies that's in that too and kevin mccarthy Mm-hmm. is the general and dick miller is one of the army guys in it of course because joe dante puts yeah. dick miller in everything now the coolest thing about this we watched it on blu-ray i had to have the blu-ray of this i'd had it on vhs for the longest time and the blu-ray has got quite a few behind the scenes interviews and things which are pretty interesting mm-hmm. it's some pretty cool stuff but the one, the coolest thing about it that we haven't watched yet. We've seen it once in the past, I think. No. Uh-uh. We haven't? No. We've I've seen no- a lot of it. Yeah, well, they show a lot of it in the movie. Anyhow, continue. Yeah. But they have the entire, it says feature length, I'm not sure how long it is, film Mant. Joe Dante went ahead and made the entire film of Mant. Now, it could be a half hour long. It could be 20 minutes long. I don't know. How, it could be an hour long. I don't know how long it is. Yeah. But it's on there. His parody of those films. And so I'm dying to see it yep. when we get a chance to watch it. We will have to do that soon. Yeah. Now, when the the movie's going on within the movie and the kids are at the theater watching the film, of course, it's all rigged up with the seats buzz when the bomb goes off or, or something happens. When something happens on the screen and they're supposed to see the mant. He's got a kid dressed up in a mant costume running down the aisle, and he's supposed to grab the nurse or grab yeah, he's supposed to grab uh, grab the nurse and then run off plant, with her. Of yeah, course. which is Wolsey's girlfriend. Yeah, Kathy Moriarty was right. the actress, right? And run off with her, and it's just <laughs> it is so much fun. It's so fantastic. They now, even the, have the little setup in the the lobby when they're walking in with the nurse. 
Oh yeah, she's dressed up as a nurse, and they have to sign a waiver that they won't sue the theater if they die of fright or something like that. Right, which they actually did have in theaters. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, they they pulled out all the stops for this. It was cool. And there's a an electric uh, circuit board like backstage with the switches for him to switch the different things, the seat to go off, and the rumble rama, which is supposed to shake the theater a little bit, and all this kind of stuff to happen. Rumble rama (laughs) was essentially like super speakers. Yeah. And some vibration in the seats. Yeah, it was, um, oh, what do they call They did that in the 70s with, like, Earthquake. Oh, yeah. Oh, what do they call that? Sense Around, I think, is what okay. it was called. Now, the cast, now, we, we mentioned briefly a few of the people that are in this, but there's a boatload of people in this. Yeah, it really is. Uh, well, John Goodman, mm-hmm. you know, we said, Kathy Moriarty, uh, John Sayles, Dick Miller, of course, the movie within the movie, you know, William Shallert, Archie Hahn, Naomi Watts. The kid playing Gene's friend, Stan, is his name is like uh Omri Katz. Weird weird name. But he was the kid, the lead kid in Hocus Pocus. Mm-hmm. It's the only thing I know him from. Yeah. Uh and then the the two girls, I can't remember the actress's name, uh, who were the young girls, the girlfriends in that. Sherry and Sandra. Sandra. Yeah. Sandra, the bohemian who called her parents by their first names. Yeah. And Sherry, who was a a, a bit of a little trollop. Just a bit. Just a bit. <laughs> she had a thing for the bad boys, for sure. Yeah. Oh, and Robert Picardo. Oh, yeah. He was the theater manager. Right. The, the frantic theater manager. Yeah. Who was very prepared for the uh, missiles to fall? Oh yeah, he had his bomb shelter in the bo- in the basement <laughs> in the of the theater, theater <laughs> which two of the kids end up getting locked in, and uh, <laughs> then Woolsey ends up getting them out by was it they get an axe and, and break the lock anyway they, they get the, take door, the off, door off and it's like yeah that wasn't gonna do you any good fella <laughs> right crazy this is such a fun movie and. I would I could say this could round out our tribute to William Castle with the, the one all the films that we've watched of his. Yeah, this would be a good bookend to end on. But I, yeah, I'm not sure if we've actually talked about all of them yet or we've not. We've done most of them, but we may still have a one or two. We haven't I, I know a couple we about. haven't talked about. Yeah, Bug is one, right? Um, which I've never seen. And, and you know, if you want to get technical, I mean, he I think he produced Rosemary's Baby. Oh, okay. He, you know, didn't write it, didn't direct it, but. Mm-hmm. He, that, I do that believe he count. produced it. Yeah, that doesn't count. <laughs> There's no gimmick for it. so It's got to have a gimmick. Yeah. It's like Gypsy. Yeah. <laughs> got to have a gimmick. <laughs> <laughs> this movie, I don't know if it's available. I haven't looked up. It, I, I think it probably is, though, on the Roku somewhere. Uh, the Blu-ray, though, is affordable. I can't remember what I paid for it. I got it a while back, but uh, it's a must-have. If you, if you love William Castle like we do, even if it's just like Atomic Age stuff from yeah. the 50s sci-fi movies. This is kind of one you need to have in your collection. Yeah, this one I think is kind of flown under the radar for many people. But it's definitely worth watching. It's absolutely a love letter and very well done. And a great movie all on its own. Yeah, it's and it's one, really it's one too you can, you can watch. I mean, it's a you know, good movie for adults. It's not a kid's movie, but... You can watch it with the kids. Yeah, sure. You know, it's I guess it's uh it's PG. Mm. You know, there's nothing there's no language in it. Uh there I don't know, there might be a little where the kids say ass or hell or 
Yeah. Uh, you know, like kids do at that age. Yeah. But yeah, I just keep gushing on it. This is another one of these that I'll just gush over and say how much fun it is yeah. because it's one of those that I watch every couple of years. Right. You know? Yeah, we do. And it, a long enough time goes by that when I haven't seen it, mm-hmm. that little things in it I've forgotten about, mm-hmm. that little things that I enjoy a lot about it. Well, one thing I learned this time that I, I either never knew or had forgotten completely is that the guy who played Gene was actually a British actor. Yeah. And I never would have known it. He's doing an he American accent. He did yeah. an amazing job yeah. with an American accent. I never picked a slip anywhere in the entire film. Now, I wasn't, I guess, super, super aware, but I was trying to pay close attention because once I learned it, I was like, oh, I'm going to watch this time and see. And, and I paid. Yeah. Pretty close attention most of the time, and I didn't notice a single yeah. slip. Yeah, I didn't either. He was really good. No, I, oh, one of my. So I wonder what he's gone on to do. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I I, I looked it up a few days ago yeah. when we watched the movie, but mm-hmm. I have, I didn't look that back up okay. just before this. One of the things I really love is like what they did to the outside of the theater. Oh, like yeah. what they used to do back in the yeah. day. They really dress up the outside to get people's attention. Mm-hmm. This had the logo Mant really big on the marquee, and then it had two big ant legs, giant ant legs coming from the top of the marquee down to the ground. Right. Which you just don't see that kind of display or showmanship anymore with the, you know, with the big box theaters and, you know, crap. Yeah. Uh, inside the theater, there were a lot of actual movie posters. Right. For, from movies back then, which is kind of cool to spot. Yeah. And, and the thing I like to do, too, is the kids' room. You Amazing. Know, and that was spot, actually, a lot of it was Joe Dante's was Joe, collection. You know, it was all from Joe Dante's collection, yeah. from what I understand. The Aurora models and mm-hmm. the famous Monsters magazines, the Mad magazines, the comic yeah. books, all that stuff. The 16 millimeter films. Yeah. Oh, not 16. 8 millimeter eight films. Millimeter. Super 8 and 8 millimeter. Yeah. Oh, it's such a joy to see that stuff. Yeah. You know, go, it was oh, really cool. I have that. I have that. I have that. I have that. Oh, I want that. You know? Yeah. Oh, look at that poster. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was really cool. Yeah, this is why I can't recommend this one enough. The gimmick that he uses, or gimmicks that he uses in this, we talked about Rumble Rama and stuff like that, but, you know, close to the end, there's a lot going on in this, and one of the things that is happening close to the end of the film is the balcony of the theater is starting to fall. Yeah, because the vibrations very, from the Rumble Rama yeah, Rumble Rama. Come making it come loose from the, the wall there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it, the long, short and long story is that the, the kid he's got running the Rumble Rama system is actually the ex-boyfriend that's still in uh, love with the... The trollop. The trollop. <laughs> you call her the trollop. Sherry. Is that Sherry? The, um, the with girl, Sherry. The, the girl of easy virtue. <laughs> and uh, she's there with another guy, so he's very jealous, and he's doing things that are not great for the system yeah, well he turns it up theater. like full blast yeah do never ever turn one above six and so it's it's literally tearing the theater apart but it's it only is noticeable in the balcony and so in order to try and get everybody out of the theater without just going out there and stopping the film and saying please leave yeah he decides to kick in the the special effects that he's decided for this film was like the special 
extra special thing. Explosion thing. Yeah, and there's this crazy explosion at the end of the film that he makes it look like is not the film, but actually the missiles falling. Yeah, somehow. And it looks like the theater is on fire and the screen is is being burned. Yeah. Everybody flips the hell out and vacates the premises. Just runs as out of the theater like at the end possible. of the blob. Yeah, and as soon as they get out of the theater, they're all like, "What's going on? Nothing's happened it's out okay. here," because <laughs> they're expecting everything to be up in flames, and nothing's happened. <laughs> <laughs> and and Goodman he cuts off switch by switch and smiles like, "Yeah, job well done." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, another actor I forgot to mention, Jesse White. Okay. The original Maytag repairman. Oh, right. Who's been in everything, everything under the sun. And he's he comes in at the end, and he's like a film distributor. Basically, he's playing Samuel Z. Arkoff. Right. And say, hey, Woolsey, I just came to see this new process you're using to see how it plays, you know. Mm-hmm. And he's really impressed with the way the crowd reacts. He says, yeah, we're going to, we'll open this all over the place, da-da-da-da-da. And then uh, he says, Woolsey says, yeah, I've got another idea for the next picture ghosts actually fly through the theater and you see 13 ghosts 13 ghosts yeah yeah. yeah. that's awesome (laughs) it is i love it oh man yeah you know yeah uh, didn't uh didn't joe dante give was it joe dante gave john goodman the scripts and stuff for william castle films Oh, yeah. Well, I think he gave him copies of the William Castle films to watch. Oh, to watch. That's what it was. And to get in the character, you know, to get an idea of what he was talking about. Yeah, and, and so John Gibbon was like, can... I know all these films. Yeah. I yeah. know who William Castle is. I know is. who William Castle is. Yeah. Which is great. Yeah. Because, you know, if you're going to do that character, he was it's geared really for it. awesome that you're already a fan. Yeah. That was cool. I forgot about that until you mentioned That was really neat. Yeah. Oh, well, that would have been me. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and, of course, then somebody at the gas station goes to get his autograph and he's like, aren't you that film guy? And he starts gushing about the, the great job that he does. And he's yeah. like, thanks, Mr. Hitchcock. <laughs> <laughs> Not that one. No. Man, you know, we'll have to go back and revisit some of these William Castle films again. I was thinking about it the other day. Something came up on the on the Facebook, on one of the film groups. Mm-hmm. That, I think it was the poster for, yeah, I saw what you did. Yeah. I know who you are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was better than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, I enjoyed that one a lot. That one and um, the, oh, Homicidal. Right. The one where it was the Joan Leslie. Was the yeah, actress. yeah. Pretending to be, was she, I can't, I can't remember, was she a guy pretending to be a girl or was she a girl pretending to be a guy? I can't remember now. Anyway, but she ended up being, uh, spoilers, the murderer. Right, right. She was also, I know we probably said it on that podcast, she was the original Lily oh, in the right. Monstrous Pilot. Yep. Where she looked a lot more like Morticia. Yeah. I enjoyed Zots, too. I liked Zots a lot. You know, and 13 Frightened Girls I enjoyed more than I thought. Those both really felt like Disney movies from that era. They did, which is so strange. Yeah, it was Castle doing those, you know, Disney comedy. Zots was his flubber. (laughs) Yeah. And 13 Frightened Girls was his, uh, you know, like that darn cat, you know, type of film. Yeah, that's right. And done well. Yeah. Straight Jacket was good, too. I liked Straight Jacket a lot, yep. Yeah, there's many uh, many Castle films we should revisit. There are more than we've just talked about. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we, you know, I watch House on Haunted Hill, I watch every now and again. I just throw that on when I, I'm in the mood for, you know, a, kind of a that era horror movie, but I don't know what I'm in the mood for. 
Yeah. Because it's it's just, it's a good, solid little movie with a couple of good jump scares and it's Vincent Price. Yeah, right. You know. How can you go wrong? That's right. That's right. I would love to find, I think it's my mission to get all the stuff, all the gimmick stuff. Mm. The premiums that William Castle put out with the movies, you know? Oh, yeah. Of course, I have an original Zotz coin. Yep. And I have an original Ghost Viewer. Yep. I have, actually, I have one of the uh, one sheets from... 13 Ghosts also. Right. You have a punishment uh, pull card, though it's not an original. No, no. I have <laughs> But it is signed by Audrey Dalton, ah, who was yes. in Sardonicus. Indeed. Uh, I would love to find, the grail piece I want to find is there was this cardboard axe that came out with Straightjacket oh. that they gave out at theaters. And I think it opened up like a, a flyer, like oh, a booklet neat. Yeah. thing, I think. I've never seen one in the wild or on eBay or anything. Yeah. I saw a picture of one, something in a book or online about William Castle. Mm-hmm. But I've never seen one show up anywhere. Interesting. Um, I would love to find one of those. Maybe one day it shall appear. If we're lucky. If we're lucky, yeah. Yeah. Anyhow. Yeah, there's uh, a lot of good things in this film. Yeah. Now, it, and again, I, I keep reiterating, if you're a William Castle fan, you got to see this film. If you get the box set that we have of the William Castle films, uh, God, how many films is in that? I don't know. It's a bunch of films. It's like it's three ten? disc. Yeah, it's a lot of films. Uh, that also has the documentary Spine Tingler on it, hmm. which is you know a really nice little documentary about William Castle. And Goodman's fantastic in it, and the kids are all good. Yeah. In it. Yeah, everybody's really good in this. There's nothing in this that stands out as being awkward or odd or. Bad. No. And it's, it's always just, a pleasure to see Dick Miller film. on the screen, too. So. Yeah, yeah. Just a great film. I don't think I have anything else to say. I, I, I'm I could, sure there Again, are this is one of those films I could just keep gushing over, and and I think I've said this already again, so I'm repeating myself. Yeah, don't do it. Uh, how much I enjoy this film and how much you need to see it. Yeah, you absolutely do. All right, well, I guess we have one thing left to do. Yep. We need to prove that the world revolves around Planet of the Apes. One last time at this location in the original <laughs> Phantasmo Lounge. Okay. If you haven't listened to this before, listen to us here, Runner Miles. This is a game that uh, my buddy Clayton and I came up with long before the Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon game, where you can prove that the world revolves around the original Planet of the Apes series because you can connect anything and anyone back to Planet of the Apes. And so at the end of each podcast here, Phil throws me somebody from the movie we're talking about, and I connect them in as you know, a few steps as possible back to eight. Sometimes the longer it takes, the more steps, the more fun it is. <laughs> that is true. In this case, there's a lot of, of obscure people and a lot of interesting choices, but we've never once had a chance to use John Goodman, and everybody knows who he is. So oh, okay. let's use him. Okay, John Goodman to, uh, let's say he's done a lot of stuff. Yes, he has. But I think we'll go. Because really, I mean, having John Goodman connect to Planet of the Apes seems very unlikely. Yeah. Well, I think we'll take John Goodman and we'll go back to one of his earliest film roles. Okay. In the 
John Schneider magnum opus, Eddie Macon's Run. <laughs> okay, I've never seen that. <laughs> Eddie Macon's Run. Eddie Macon's Run. He plays, uh, John Schneider plays like a, I think an ex-convict or convict on the run. Okay. Anyway, Eddie Macon's Run, John Goodman to Eddie Macon's Run, I believe Lee Purcell was in that, who we've had at Williamsburg. Yes, we have. Before, very nice lady. Lee Purcell was in Mr. Majestic. The Charles Bronson movie? Yes, I've I've heard of this, but I've never okay. seen it myself. Paul Coslow was in Mr. Majestic. Paul Coslow was in The Omega Man with Charlton Heston. Play of the Apes, thank you. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> Somehow, John Goodman got back to Planet of the Apes. Yes, he did. Well, good job. Once again, you have proven the world does indeed revolve around Planet of the Apes. So go back and watch the original Planet of the Apes films. Because After awesome. you watch Matinee. After you watch Matinee, yeah. <laughs> That's fair. That's about all I got. I think so. Uh-huh. Yeah, so uh, next time we'll be, hopefully knock on wood, set up in the new lounge. Yes, with uh, less echo than this one, <laughs> I hope. Because I don't know if it's going to be in the final version of this cut, but right now we're in a very echoey lounge, so it's going to be yeah. hard to edit. So good yeah. luck to the, you guys the lounge, listening. Yeah, the lounge is echoey because we have packed up everything. Most everything we own is in storage or packed in boxes, and we had the carpet taken up and hardwood or laminate flooring put down, yeah. so there is nothing to dampen <laughs> the echo. We're in an almost empty room. With a solid floor and uh yeah, yeah. And so the lounge is <laughs> the lounge is very bare and not very good for recording our nah. podcast. But in any case, we got it done, and hopefully, you can listen to it and not uh, not have terrible hearing problems yeah. afterwards. I'll have my editor work some magic on it. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll see how that goes. <laughs> the editor who has hearing problems, I love this. <laughs> but you do a damn fun job. <laughs> I try. That's too funny. <laughs> anyway, all right. I all guess right. That's it. <laughs> that's all we got. So till next time. Thanks for listening, everybody. Good night. Good night. I'm still concerned about that bomb thing. A little question of taste? No, no. But your younger patrons, you could have some seat wetness. 